I'm Rasa Kay, and I'm talking to Dr. Kintor Sangvi. He's the Associate Medical Director in Interventional Cardiology and Endovascular Medicine at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in Burlington County. Dr. Sangvi, we talked a little over two years ago about hypertension, high blood pressure, the leading risk factor for premature death worldwide, and how the kidneys are the most important organs in the body for regulating blood pressure. I understand that since that conversation, we have better focused information on how to keep that system in peak condition. High blood pressure is the number one killer, is the most preventable disease that translates into cardiovascular mortality and morbidity, which is still the number one cause of death. After almost 15 years in making, a combined guideline on hypertension management was released late last year that has a comprehensive information on the target level for the high blood pressure and how to manage hypertension, not only by just using medications, but inclusive of lifestyle changes, inclusive of dietary modification, inclusive of uh, exercise. This guideline is very important. It's based on very strong evidence. There are three major trials, one particularly SPRINT trial, that really uh, shape these guidelines. And the guidelines suggest that the blood pressure target is changed. Before, we considered a patient who has more than 140 systolic blood pressure had hypertension. Now, Anybody who is above 130 is a patient with hypertension, and we need to treat that. The goal of the blood pressure control is to 130 millimeter of mercury. With this change, what has happened is suddenly, prior to this guideline release and accepting this new standard, one in three adults in the United States were suffering from high blood pressure. If we use this new number, one in two adults is suffering from high blood pressure. So... You know, a lot of time people think that, oh, this is another document uh, is just uh, trying to use more medication, but it's not true. This is based on such a strong evidence that if patient's blood pressure target was kept at 120 versus 140, the number needed to save one life was 90. So they did this trial called SPRINT trial. Thousands of patients on two different arms. These patients did not have diabetes, but they have high blood pressure. The goal of the blood pressure was 120 in one group. The goal of the blood pressure control of 140 in the other group. And the patients which had blood pressure control of 120, they had significantly less heart attack, stroke, and cardiovascular mortality. This trial influenced this updated guideline significantly and suggested that we should keep the blood pressure target of 130. And anybody who has more than 130 blood pressure should be offered management of high blood pressure, starting with the lifestyle changes, starting with the diet control or salt intake control, potassium supplement, exercising, aerobic exercising, meditation. DASH diet has the maximum impact on the high blood pressure control and then proceeding to the medication. So we are now on track to be much more aggressive about managing hypertension. What is the kidney connection to it? Kidney plays a very important role in the etiopathogenesis or causing of high blood pressure. And that role is a direct effect of overactive sympathetic nerve. Nature's design to the fight and the flight response of autonomic nervous system, when it is overactive, it can lead to high blood pressure. And this 
in a negative vicious cycle continues to cause high blood pressure which in turn translates into arterial hardening or thickening stiffening of the arterial system including peripheral vascular resistance and then it, this negative vicious cycle leads to a place where high blood pressure is sustained because of the permanent change in the cardiovascular system kidneys have the most important role in controlling the blood pressure by simple experiment by cross transplanting kidneys between high blood pressure rats versus normal tensive rats what the experiment was that hypertensive rats kidneys were donated to the normal tensive rats and the normal tensive rats kidneys were donated to the hypertensive rats what ended up happening is hypertensive rats became normal tensive rats and the normal tensive rats became hypertensive rats this itself proves that kidney plays the most important role in causing high blood pressure because kidney works as a thermostat if you may it regulates the volume inside the vasculature in the body by three different mechanism by filtering the blood and excreting the volume of the water by excreting sodium and by secreting a hormone called renin in the renin angiotensin aldosterone system this three main function by which kidney causes high blood pressure and this three functions are directly regulated by autonomic nervous system so if you have overactive sympathetic nervous system then that leads to more conservation of salt and water and leads to high blood pressure the consequences of inadequate blood pressure control how prevalent has it been and and i guess how prevalent is it still because we're not going to see huge consequences of the new guidance immediately dissipation of science takes years in the era where we are practicing evidence based medicine i'm hoping that we will adopt this new guideline pretty soon but you are absolutely right it will take a lot of efforts and it will take a while before every patient that is taken care by a physician who understands the new this new guidelines and adapts that into practice if the blood pressure control is not adequate so i'll give you a large study of over a million patient suggested that every 20 mm by 10 mm increase in the systolic and diastolic blood pressure increases the cardiovascular mortality by double So supposedly if the two of us one is 42 years old with normal blood pressure of 110 by 70 another is a 42 year old with blood pressure of 180 by 110 the person with high blood pressure is about eight times more likely to die of a heart attack or a stroke in next 10 years so high blood pressure has a tremendous effect on the cardiovascular mortality on the flip side of the coin controlling blood pressure translates into improved cardiovascular mortality by every reduction of 2 mm of mercury in the mean blood pressure you can reduce the relative risk of heart attack by 10% and stroke risk by 7% so the treatment is very effective and blood pressure when it is high it is very effective in causing mortality what about hypertension that is resistant to drug treatment the prevalence is very high for resistant hypertension but true resistant hypertension is not as high as it was initially thought of The current guidelines talks a lot about remote monitoring of the blood pressure, home blood pressure measurements to rule out something called white coat hypertension. When you go to the doctor's office your blood pressure is high when you measure it at home it's normal. And also to unveil obscured hypertension. There are patients who come to the doctor's office and their blood pressure is normal but when they are living their day to day life their blood pressure is high. So this new guideline talks about this remote monitoring as an important aspect in treating this risk factor for cardiovascular mortality. What's the state of the art of treating it medically? We have been using medications for high blood pressure management for over 50 years. America pays almost 18 billion dollar a year in hypertension medication management. In last 10 years there is not a single new class of drug that has come out 
we have been using the same class of medications for high blood pressure. They are effective. The, the bigger problems are that the compliance is not as high as we initially thought. New data in last five years have suggested that the compliance is only 50%. When the patient is started with high blood pressure medication, 50% of the patients stop their medication by end of first year. Majority of the reasons for non-compliance are dosing. If you are taking once a, do- once a day versus twice a day medication, chances of compliance is higher. Cost, insurance, all that plays a role. Physician inertia plays a big role. A lot of time physicians see the patient's blood pressure is high and they see that patient is only on a single medicine but they don't add the second medication. And that is because high blood pressure does not give you headache or chest pain. If you are not having symptoms, you are not going to be very compliant in the medications that's managing your problem. So fortunately and unfortunately, high blood pressure is a silent disease and therefore the compliance is not as high. But having said that, there are multiple classes of medications that we can use on a patient to control the blood pressure. So the first line of treatment is lifestyle modification. The second line of treatment is the medications. And we can use medications in different combination and different dosage schedule that can improve the blood pressure control. Unfortunately, despite all these classes of medication, one in three patients that are suffering from high blood pressure cannot achieve the blood pressure control, primarily because of drug side effect, compliance issue, drug-drug interaction, and dietary interaction with the drugs that they are taking. So when we spoke about this a couple of years ago, you were recruiting for a trial called Radiance. Uh, and now that's well underway. So set us up again on what Radiance is, how it works, and uh, how it's been working. So as I said, high blood pressure is still a difficult disease to control, um, difficult disease to treat. All the resources that we have are not easily usable, and it is very dependent on, dependent on patients' compliance. So we need some alternate treatment for high blood pressure. We need alternate treatment for high blood pressure because, number one, medication compliance is a problem. Number two, despite medications, patients' blood pressure is not controlled. Number three, lifestyle modification is extremely difficult, easy to talk about, but very difficult to adapt in a day-to-day life, in a, in a stressful life that everybody lives these days. So we need alternate treatment for high blood pressure. And where can that alternate treatment of hypertension be? So an experimental treatment that is FDA approved is being investigated for treating high blood pressure. And this experimental treatment is treating overactive sympathetic nerve. The goal is to tone down or zap some of this overactive sympathetic nerves that are the cross-connection between the kidney and the entire body. This overactive signal leads to high blood pressure. And if we can curtail those signal, or if we can reduce that signal, we might be able to control the high blood pressure. This procedure is a minimally invasive procedure. We puncture a groin artery and use catheters to go to the kidney artery, similar to somebody might have done heart catheterization. We go to the kidney artery, and we use ultrasound energy to tone down this overactive nerve that travels on the outer surface of the artery going to the kidney. This procedure is about seven seconds energy bursts that are given about six or seven times between the two kidney arteries, and the total procedure time is about half an hour to one hour. And this procedure is hope to achieve improved blood pressure control. This procedure is being studied in a randomized, prospective, double-blinded study. What that means is we are randomly assigning either the patient gets treatment or just a sham procedure. So patients who are coming onto the cath lab table for these procedures, they do not know whether they got renal denervation or they only got renal artery angiography. 
And the physicians who are following them outside, they don't know whether the patient was treated with renal denervation or they only had angiography. We are going to monitor this patient for the first six months to see what the blood pressure changes happen with this treatment. At the end of six months, once we compile all the data, if the treatment is seemed to be effective, then those patients who were enrolled as sham control patients or they only had renal artery angiography, they will be offered this treatment as part of the clinical trial. So Radiance HGN is a randomized trial, and we have done phenomenal with this trial. We are the highest enroller in the entire world, competing with some of the prestigious institutes like Columbia, Cleveland Clinic, Mayo, uh, Royal College of London. Out of the 40 centers in the entire world, Deborah Heart and Lung Center is the highest enroller of the patients in the Radiance HTN trial. So far, the results are compiling. We have completed the enrollment of one very important part of this trial called SOLO group. These are the patients who had essential hypertension who were taking only one or two medication. And what we did is we stopped their medication for a month and then bring them to the treatment. And half of the patient received the treatment, half of them did not receive the treatment. Very likely, the data from this part of the trial will be presented in the mid part of this year by June of this year in one of the major conferences in the world. The second part of the this trial is the patients who are having resistant hypertension. These are the patients who have multiple medications to control their blood pressure, and despite that, their blood pressure is not controlled. So this group of the patients, what we are doing is we are putting them on a combination single pill called Export HCTZ. It's a combination of three pills. You just take one tablet a day. We put all those patients who are part of this trial for one month on this medication, and at the end of one month, we bring them to the procedure table. And these patients then either would be randomized to just diagnostic angiography or they will get renal denervation and then they will be followed for next six months. We are currently enrolling patients in that part of the trial, very actively recruiting for that part of the trial. We are expecting to complete that trial by end of this year. In the meantime, there is new data that has come out from another device that is doing the same thing. It's using radio frequency energy to treat the overactive renal nerves. That trial in an off-medication group showed significant improvement on the blood pressure and was published in the Lancet late last year. So we are expecting this field to evolve further because now there are proof of concept that this treatment works in a double-blinded sham control trial. That means patient does not know whether they got treatment or not. Doctors did not know whether patient was treated or not. And despite that, on an ambulatory blood pressure, automatic blood pressure monitoring, we had seen improvement in the blood pressure control. I'm Rasa Kay, and I'm talking to Dr. Kintor Sangvi. He's the Associate Medical Director in Interventional Cardiology and Endovascular Medicine at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in Burlington County. So when we first talked about the recruitment for Radiance, the biggest target, I think, was for people with resistant hypertension, for whom medications were not particularly effective. So now you've been trying Radiance, the renal nerve denervation, on people who do get some relief from medication. With these more aggressive guidelines, treatment recommendations to get uh, blood pressure even lower, do you see Radiance becoming a common treatment for anyone suffering? 
suffering from hypertension? We are still evaluating. This is only an experimental treatment. As of now, it's only through an FDA-approved clinical trial. This treatment is being explored as initial proof-of-concept trial. Once the proof-of-concept trials prove that it is effective, the next level would be more kind of an IDE trial where a larger number of patients, not necessarily same control, but larger number of patients would be studied for this treatment. And only after stage four experiments or, or research trial, if they confirm that this treatment is effective, then only the treatment will be available for general population. But your point is very well taken that with this understanding that blood pressure control is so important in improving cardiovascular mortality and with this knowledge that current medications, diet, lifestyle changes are not easy to adapt and patients' blood pressure are still not controlled, definitely an alternate treatment for high blood pressure is going to become very important. So if this trial turns out to be positive, and similarly, the next level of trial shows the similar result, then yes, this will become a very important part of treatment going forward in future for patients suffering from high blood pressure. Whether you're recruiting for this clinical trial or when this becomes an accepted, approved treatment, is it a later resort option as you foresee it that a patient really has to make the lifestyle diet modification effort to and exhaust that first? Or is the overriding priority now, based on this new guidance, to get the BP down, is that priority great enough that you could foresee accepting patient preference regardless? No time to exercise or lose the weight? Fine, we're going to zap your renal nerve. You want this done, then that's what we do to make sure we're getting your blood pressure down. So recruiting patients for Radiance HTN trial has been a very pleasant experience. Not only for us, it is not only eye-opening experience for us as physicians, but also for some of the patients that walk through this trial. Many patients came through who were taking four, five, or six medications and their blood pressure was not controlled. And when we prescribed them this single medication, which is a combination pill of three different medications, the compliance rate improved. Because they participated in clinical trial, their know-how and understanding of how to improve blood pressure control improved. And what we saw that at the end of one month, when the patient came for follow-up, their blood pressure was controlled. So before they were struggling for years with their physician by taking five or six medication, at the end of one month of giving this combination pill, they came back and the blood pressure was controlled. There were patients who were identified they had truly white coat hypertension because they only had their blood pressure always measured in their doctor's office. While as part of clinical trial, we are doing ambulatory monitoring of the blood pressure. So patients' blood pressure is measured multiple times during a 24-hour period. And that gives an average daytime, average nighttime blood pressure, which is more important in predicting cardiovascular mortality. And what we found is some of these patients who had 170 blood pressure in the patient doctor's office, when in the night their blood pressure was 90 and 110. And that means their cardiovascular mortality risk is very low. And we were able to prove that diagnosis and relieve them from taking multiple medications. So it has been eye-opener for the patients. It has been eye-opener for the physician. Hypertension is a very complex medical condition. A lot of aspects of day-to-day life. Uh, how you are thinking, what you are doing, what somebody said to you. Everything affects your blood pressure. What you eat affects your blood pressure. So a lot of new things that patient came to know as being part of this trial for Almost every nine patients that we consented, only one patient really went for the procedure. So that is another thing is telling that identifying true resistant hypertension is a process and it has to go through an hypertension expert in order to evaluate and treat the condition appropriately. Unfortunately, high blood pressure is one of the medical conditions that the patients have. So when they walk into a cardiologist's office, they have 10 more other conditions or problems. And hypertension is one of the neglected child. 
it is very difficult in the current healthcare environment for a physician or a cardiologist to really be able to educate the patient into all the details uh, of this medical condition. A lot of this learning about the social science of high blood pressure management is also new and is not very well known fact to all the physician. Some of these things are ignored because we are taking care of so many other conditions which give symptoms. If you have chest pain, we are going to look into your heart artery. You know, high blood pressure is just another condition. So it's to an extent a neglected child, but in reality, it is number one killer. So uh, it's not that the physicians and the cardiologists who are taking care of their patients are not uh, dedicated to their patient's care. It's not that they are not uh, interested in making their patients better. It's just that the social aspect of hypertension management is much more complex than a single visit every six months with the physician. The understanding of high blood pressure only as it was measured in the office was versus the understanding of 24-hour blood pressure monitoring, nighttime blood pressure numbers, daytime blood pressure numbers, obscured high blood pressure, uh, white coat hypertension. All this understanding is not as much prevalent. Not many physicians know that the blood pressure at nighttime is much more predictor of a cardiovascular mortality in the next five years than the office blood pressure. This is a continuously advancing science. We will need to educate the patients. We'll need to educate the physicians and the providers, the nurse practitioners, the PAs, everybody who is involved in patient care will have to expand this education and understanding into managing this number one killer for human race. Are you still currently recruiting for any of this? And what's coming down the pike that uh, has you very intrigued? We are continuously recruiting the patients who are taking three medications and they have high blood pressure. They do not necessarily need to worry if their blood pressure is uncontrolled or controlled. As long as a patient who is taking three medications for high blood pressure is a good patient to get evaluated by this clinical trial. They would learn a lot in the process. I'm very excited to see the data from the solo group that patients who are only taking one or two medication, this data is going to be presented. I'm really looking forward to that data. At the same time, patients who are on multiple medications were treated with radiofrequency renal denervation. That data is also anticipated by mid of this year. This two piece of information would be a hugely important information, will drive this science further, and hopefully we may have an alternate treatment for high blood pressure. So if anybody's interested in finding out more about managing their hypertension, um, enrolling in the Radiance uh, clinical trial, how do they get in touch with you here at Deborah? So if you are suffering from high blood pressure and taking three medications, and if you want to get explore, uh, you want to explore this opportunity uh, for alternate treatment of high blood pressure, you can go to highbptrial.com. Again, it is H-I-G-H-B-P-T-R-I-A-L.com. Or you can go to demanddebora.org where you will find a lot of information, a lot of education information on managing high blood pressure about the new guidelines. And also you'll be able to explore if you are eligible to be part of this clinical trial.